in a world few have dared to explore. Two men set out on an epic journey to answer life's manliest questions. From the Fortress of Smoothitude in Lawrence, Kansas, it's The Gentleman Podcast with Glenn Stansberry and Brian McKinney. you real quick <laughs> so this is how the magic happens yeah okay <laughs> okay um welcome to the gentleman podcast i'm brian mckinney i'm sitting to the left of the blustery glenn stanford <laughs> is like a reference to the weather is this uh, just my personality in general or oh is it cold outside oh it's a little it's a little oh, chilly okay no this was just uh oh. I was just thinking about the way that uh, we interact. Okay. Okay. And um, I don't know. I just felt I felt like you know that you were you had a lot of a lot of bluster, a lot of air, a lot of air. Okay. A lot of hot air. Oh, you been full of hot air recently. What about uh, about a lot of stuff? Like, what? Look, I'm nothing if not factual. Uh, my middle name. Yes. Uh, At least in the sense of what you believe <laughs> that's right. to be true. That's right. And I love that about you, Glenn. That's right, Brian. If you believe it, you can achieve it. That's true. That's uh, my motto. Less is more. Um, And speaking of being blustery, we are co-founders of a site called Gentleman.com. Gentleman.com is a winter wonderland I don't know if you've ever seen the uh, animated short Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Well, I watched it today. I watched but, it yesterday. Um, you know, the uh, it reminds me of the character that has the axe. And he's, he's always looking for gold. Yukon Cornelius. I feel like Yukon Cornelius would uh, be a valued member of Gentleman.com. Oh, man. Always, always looking for gold. That's right, and uh, and posting it. That's right to gentleman dot com, and uh, that's what we got going on gentleman dot com. Just some interesting, uh, educational, entertaining, uh, lovable things that you're going to enjoy. Inspiring, inspiring. Um, so hop on over to gentleman dot com. Check out some some interesting, enjoyable, inspiring educational content something that enriches mm. your life mm-hmm. this holiday season and uh once you do that uh you're in good shape that's good uh but you're gonna want to take it a step further mm-hmm. i i'm just sensing I, and i'm talking directly to you to me no oh to to the you. microphone no oh to the person that's listening to this and i'm saying i i think i can sense something about you okay I have a sixth sense. Really? Yeah. Wow, this is... And I'm feeling like you're going to want more than, than just the plain old vanilla gentleman.com. Mm. Not that it's not great, mm. but I'm feeling like you need a little bit of extra content. You're going to be an aperitif. And if that is the case, you're in luck. Because you can go over to podcast.gentleman.com and listen to 147 previous episodes of the Gentleman Podcast. You can also check out 147 previous drinks that we've rated. Uh, and the MTS computers rated. You can also check out all the links from those episodes. I mean, you have a wealth, a digital wealth of content out there for you to go dive into, much like Scrooge McDuck once did. <laughs> it's without pants. <laughs> the, uh, just dive in. Just dive right in. Um, and then once you do that, um, I know this is a lot of stuff. But trust me, these, these are the steps that people go through. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. Gentleman.com is the starting point, and then they get into the podcast, and then it gets even crazier when they want to get in touch with us, which you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can do so by sending a letter to the Gentleman Mailbag at P.O. Box 442-305, Lawrence, Kansas, 66044, where we will get your letter. Uh, we will pontificate on it. We will pace around uh, the Gentleman HQ, talking about it, mm-hmm. thinking about it, reflecting on it. We'll probably take a nap, and then we'll get back to it, and we'll 
want to talk about your letter on the Gentleman Podcast, which we will definitely do. Wait, how are we how are we taking naps in, well, like in the same room separately? <laughs> well, separately go off to take naps, or maybe I'll take a nap and you'll continue to face. I'll just continue to. It just it. It, yeah, it just it right. depends on the evening. Um, <laughs> Who needs tomorrow? And uh, anyway, the point is, Glenn. Uh, if you send a letter to us, we will uh, talk about it on the Gym podcast. We'll probably send you something back in return, depending on the tenor of your letter. And if you can't do that, if you can't uh, take the time to send us an honest, genuine, from your heart letter, then um, we have other options available for you. You can send us an email at com. You can also go to, um, I'm not going to say Facebook because I don't feel like I trust Facebook anymore, but you could possibly go to Twitter, probably Instagram. Um, and get in touch with us that anyway, you know. There's really, email is your best. Email is probably your best bet. Or, or yeah. sorry, the, the the National Post Service. The, the the post service is best. Right. Email is second tier, mm-hmm. and then third tier is uh, probably Twitter. Yeah. Or something. I don't know. Twitter, PayPal, PayPal. You can send us some money. <laughs> but we need it, a donate button on the website. We yeah, exactly. Donate. Um, <clears throat> But anyway, Glenn. Okay, well, that's uh, that's my spiel. I've gone through it. I've gotten through the whole thing. Uh, I feel good about that. Uh, send us a letter. Please do. P.O. Box 442305, Lawrence, Kansas, 644. And uh, now it's time for the media episode, which is the drink, drink of the week this week, um, Glenn. And uh, this week, I, um, I wasn't particularly in the market for a Christmas sale. Mm-hmm. But when I went to the store saw this one and I remembered it and uh, I thought you know that'd be that'd be a good one to run through the MTS computer okay and uh, so this is the Breckenridge Brewing Company and this this is kind of uh, you know oh. four or five years ago before there were so many like such a pro- proliferation of craft brewing companies uh, we got a lot of our local stores had a lot of stuff from Colorado yep and so we would we would most of the craft brews that we saw were coming from Colorado, and this mm-hmm. is one of those kind of mainstays that's been around for a long time, the Breckenridge Brewing Company, and uh, this is their Christmas ale, which is a multi full-bodied winter warmer, mm-hmm. and uh, let me tell you a little bit about the scientific facts about this. Now the MTS computer is going to take these in, sure, and ingest them, and then spit out. Swirl them around in the yeah, computer mouth. Just the the computer palette, right, is going to explode with a final rating here. But uh, we can talk in layman's terms yeah. about this beer, and um, so it's a it's a seven point one percent alcohol by volume beer. It's twenty two IBUs, so it's low on the IBU count, and uh, it's Christmas sale. You know what else do you have to say about it? Not much. It was eight. 49, I believe. I wow, believe it was 849. Right there, right at the right the sweet spot. Um, and uh, they do have a recipe that's not really showing, but uh, apparently Christmas ale pork chops go along with <laughs> the Christmas ale, <laughs> although the recipe on their website has somehow disappeared. Uh, um, but anyway, Glenn, the point is, why don't we just uh, open this beer up and dive right in, and then we'll just get a sense... You know, just get a, a little taste of the Christmas sale from Breckenridge Brewing Company. I'm excited about this one, Brian. It's got the makings. Malty, bold flavors. That's what they that's what they advertise anyway. High alcohol content. Ooh, what was the alcohol content? 7.1%. So, Man. Cheers. Cheers. It's an interesting one. It's an interesting one. It's got a little bit of a sweetness to it. Yeah, it's like a fruity sweetness almost. Syrupy. Well, they describe it as a malty, full-bodied winter warmer. So, I do feel like it's pretty malty. It is. It is warming me. And I'm a maltster. Yeah. Maltster. Herman Maltster. Yeah. Uh, Wow, Brian, I like that. Howard P. Maltster. (laughs) 
Um, yeah, it's, I, I feel pretty solid about it. I, if like if I was going to give this an arbitrary rating, it really doesn't matter because, mm-hmm. as we know, the mustache twist scale computer, which we, I guess we haven't explained, is a empirical, scientific, blockchain-based, artificial intelligence, machine learning, computer algorithm that is fully capable of giving an empirical scientific rating for beers that we created, uh, we built, and and, uh, and it's sitting right here in the same room as we are. And um, it will give us an empirical scientifically provable rating for this beer. But aside from that, if I Wait, was to... We just <laughs> yeah, like to throw our yeah, we, you know, scores in the hat. It's kind of fun trying to be human still. You know, <laughs> when there's a computer right, around. Like, right, right. Yeah, right. it's it's kind of fun still trying to be humans. And uh, if if I was a human mm-hmm. and I was going to rate this beer, mm-hmm. I would give it an eight point eight. Eight point eight. Glenn, what would you what would you throw at this? I, I was going to give it an eight point six. Eight point six. Yeah. Okay. It's a That's solid beer. It's a solid beer. I keep yeah. you know the thing I'm I, I forgot initially was the how high the alcohol content is. I think that's kind of what makes it taste a little. It does, yeah. Zingier than the... Uh... You know what's crazy about this beer, though, is that if I gave you this at a party and I was like, hey, try this beer, yeah. there's no way you'd guess that it had 7% no. alcohol. No. no you'd no, feel no. like, oh, this is what, like a 5? Yeah. 5% or something? It's pretty... Yeah, it's re- it's really smooth. Yeah, it is smooth. It's deserving of the rating, I think. Whatever it is. Right. Well, we don't know what that's going to be until no. we hear from the MTS computer. So let me um, let me type some facts in the MTS computer right now. And then we'll get the empirical rating uh, for this beer, and uh, we'll all be happy. It's been a long time since I've had any Breckenridge Brewery. Yeah, I know. Me too. I used to get it quite a bit, but I don't get it as much anymore. But, um, okay, so we said the... Pro- I'm going to type some... Let me type some stuff into this uh, proprietary mustache with scale computer that we created. Um, so we said the price was eight forty nine. Mm-hmm. The alcohol by volume is 7.1%. The IBUs are 22. And it's a Christmas ale. Mm-hmm. And I believe that's all the mustache twist scale computer needs. Nope. It's, yeah, it does everything to, else already. Uh, I mean, it's it, the artificial intelligence has really filled in the picture. You know what I mean? I mean, I think we even have, like, floor plans of the brewery. Yeah, we could, uh, you know... It it is connected to the internet, so it has all the background information to look out. Information. Yep, and so um, you know, it's crunching on that stuff right now. Mm-hmm. I think here in a couple seconds, I can go get the print off, and uh, then we should know for sure what the empirical, scientifically provable rating for this beer is. Uh, and it sounds to me like it's all done. So let me uh, let me go get the print off. Okay. Off the computer, and then I will tell you for sure what the rating on this. Uh, Christmas sale from Breckenridge is, you know, tis the season, mm-hmm. I would say. I mean, uh, we're, we're just a few weeks away from Christmas, so yeah, we are. Um, it's time to time to indulge in some Christmas sales. It's about that time. It is. We usually get to write a couple before. <sighs> yeah, we should uh, we should be able to. I mean, this is this is only. Um, we'll see here. We got uh, maybe one more podcast or maybe two before. Uh, the at least two. the big day. Oh. Sorry, I have to find the actual page that the you know sometimes it's hard well, to ski, ski yeah Breckenridge and uh, tourism tourism yeah we should stay at that hotel. Um, okay, I finally found it. Uh, it's a it's actually an eight point seven. Mm. Mustache with scale computer says eight point wow. seven on the on the on. Yeah, which is pretty high. That's it's on pretty high good. side, but you know, not the highest we've rated. Anytime but. you get near the nineties, you're you, yeah, you're in good shape. You're, I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty good if I'm Breckenridge Brewery right now with their Christmas ale. You should, uh, Brian. I did. Uh, I took the liberty of doing some research and doing our due diligence on yeah. kind of fact checking our ratings just to make sure you know, just to get another human uh, element to this mm-hmm. to this rating game. Yep. And I went over to uh, beersnob.com. And looked up the Christmas ale there, and turns out they gave it a excuse me a seven point 
7.04. That's good. Because uh, what we're aiming for is the biggest distance away from the beersnob.com score. Yes. Right. Which is pretty pretty different. So Yeah. Uh, it's uh, It got dinged on a lot of different things. So uh, I well, won't go into detail. But basically, you know, beer snobs are never really happy with any beer unless no. it's chock full of hops. Can you imagine being a beer snob? <laughs> no. I mean, we'd sit there and, and sip this and... Uh, mm. In our little tulip glasses, right, and then turn our nose ups at it and say, and spit it out in a how can. Did, yeah, it, it spit it in a can and uh, twist our mustaches and then um, uh, and then I don't know. I don't know. After that point, it's hard for me to imagine being a beer snob because <laughs> we're not two beer snobs. We're down to earth, everyday people that will give you the lowdown. That's right. Um, and speaking of giving the lowdown, Glenn, let's talk about some interesting posts from gentleman.com in the last two weeks or so. Right on, Brian. And uh, we're going to start off with a post from our good, excellent friend, Jordan. Mm. And Jordan posted this tack, which was Toyota to replace Heroic Nurse's Tundra burned in wildfire. Now, we all know, or hope we all know, that in Northern California recently, they seem to consistently have problems with wildfires. Um, and it's, it's, it's a pretty major deal. Uh, very scary stuff and, and very, um, very quick-moving, life-threatening. Uh, people's lives are lost yeah. in, these, in these fires. Uh, and this calls for... A lot of people to a lot of everyday people to become heroes. That's right. And uh, this is this is one such story where uh, a nurse from Paradise, California, named I hope I'm not butchering the name Alan Alan Pierce, and it's not A L A N, it's A L L Y N. Right. It's yeah. We'll say Alan Alan Pierce. Uh, drove his Toyota Tundra through the fire to get to the hospital and help take care of patients and get them evacuated. Um, and on the way to the hospital, Mr. Pierce thought, he, he really thought he was done for. He got stuck in a whirlwind of fire and thought, he, he seriously thought he was going to be done. And... Um, Stuck in this fire, in his truck, in his Toyota Tundra, uh, with everything burning all around him. And then all of a sudden, a bulldozer came through, cleared the road, and got him out of there. Right. Uh, so he had a tremendously close call. And uh, the good people at Toyota heard about this. And they let him know that they were going to replace his his beloved Toyota Tundra that got burned up pretty nasty. Uh, in the fire on his way to go help a bunch of people. Um, so really cool Toyota. And basically they just said that they, you know, obviously just hearts go out to the, the people of, of Northern California and, and to the people that, that volunteered and, and yeah. tried hard to, to, to save people's lives in such a dire situation. Um, and so they're going to replace that Toyota Tundra truck for him free of charge. That's pretty awesome. I, uh, yeah, I read this, and I, it's pretty, pretty harrowing to hear the, his story. Basically, just sitting in the trunk, thinking that like the, the, the flames kind of came out of nowhere and kind of mm-hmm. engulfed him, and he was just sitting there. And he had to hold like a jacket against the window, and then to keep the yeah. And he's trying to, and he just kept thinking like, I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die, and like plastic, yeah, <laughs> just a terrible yeah. way to go, yeah, and uh, melting plastic. But um, yeah, I, that that. That's great. That's good on Toyota, and you know, I mean, that's a small thing for them to do, you know, for yeah, for somebody who's doing what he can to help other people. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's but it's still a really cool gesture, and you know, the the crazy thing about the fire is just that you know, from what I've read and can gather about it, it's like you can just turn on a dime, and the wind can yeah. shift, and it could just be a couple of embers, and then all of a sudden, it's you know, life threatening. So. Uh, I'm glad uh, Mr. Pierce was able to help some people and also made it out alive. And good on Toyota for 
uh, doing the right thing and replacing a truck that uh, will probably help him continue in his life after his after his tundra bit the dust. It's That's basically right. it's looking pretty gnarly. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's definitely cool of them to yeah. to fix it up and and make it right. So yeah, it got hot. The Toyota got hot. It looked yeah, it looks it's a looked, little crispy. It's, it's like yeah. a a uh, toaster strudel that's a little overdone. <laughs> Toyota strudel, strudel. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <clears throat> all right. So the next uh, article that we're going to highlight is by none other than Zombie Cat Bacon. He posted this little gem, mm-hmm. and it's an interesting, long, long, long read. But it's totally worth it to read the whole thing. But um, it's titled, Why America's Best Burger Spot Closed Down. And actually, I think they've updated the title. And the title, the title now is a little bit more, a little bit more baity. Click baity. Click it's, bait. But it's true. I found the best burger place in America, and then I killed it. And this is by Kevin Alexander, who writes for Thrillist. Um, and he's a James Beard award-winning writer. So he's oh, wow. he's... he's He's a uh, he knows he's what he's talking about. Yeah, he's got the creds, right? He's got street cred, and it's so like you and I. That's right, right. Whenever we put pen to paper, Brian, mm-hmm. magical things happen. Exactly. Um, and so, uh, uh, Kevin, like us, uh, he actually no, not like us. Kevin, Kevin writes very well, and makes his money from writing. <laughs> Kevin is literate. <laughs> Kevin can speak good, <laughs> and uh, so he he wrote a list. Um, about the best burgers in America. He went on a quest to find the best burgers. And it yeah. wasn't just like a a random, you know, oh, this is this famous spot in Yelp. So I'll just say that place has good hamburgers. I've never been there in my life. He actually went to all these places across America. It's really, yeah, it's really interesting. And he said that he ponied up to this little um, kind of restaurant outside of, in Oregon. Mm-hmm. And in Northeast Oregon called Stanich's. And Stanich's um, had had some press like in the 80s for having like a really good hamburger and it's locally known and like really well respected so he went in there kind of like this hole in the wall kind of little place and he said they had the hamburger and it was just fantastic like it's just amazing it's a thin you know slider and caramelized onions and everything on top just a perfect hamburger yeah but he said like the thing about this place um as he was writing that original article his list of the best burgers. The thing about this place that was so endearing was the fact that it wasn't trying to be the best hamburger in the world. It wasn't like put together with, you know, didn't have a color palette that was supposed to be pleasing and like enticing. And right. You know, I think of Chipotle, like they have like a down to a science, like yeah. the colors, the materials. and It's like this dumpy little place that basically locals go to. Yeah. Had been in the family since 1949. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so he publishes this article, says it's the best burger in America, and basically, and and initially when it happens, the owner Stanich Stanich's, um, Steve, he's, like, he's he's shaking his hand. And yeah, like, there's a this video. Is the greatest of like, thing ever. He's crying. He's like, yeah. my my parents would be so proud because they yeah. started it. And, yeah. Um, and then they had to shut down the restaurants, the restaurant basically. And you can read the whole article, but. Basically, they had to shut down the restaurant because of the influx of all the people. People were waiting in line for hours to get a hamburger. And so no one could get a hamburger. Right. Basically. Exactly. Nobody could get a hamburger. And yeah. so he, the author goes and interviews the Steve Stanich, the, the burger joint owner, and he's talking mm-hmm. about what happened after he had this great um, uh, accomplishment, right? This, this, this award. Mm-hmm. After that happened, like all the press and PR... How it totally ruined the experience for everybody because instead of just locals coming in and enjoying this hamburger, um, it was everybody everywhere was trying to go in and have this hamburger and put it on Instagram and like yeah, it totally and so that he couldn't he couldn't and the article goes on to talk about other places that have had this happen that basically they can no longer what made them great was that they served their their community their local community right they're a local favorite place and right. they couldn't be that anymore because. Right. The locals couldn't even go eat there anymore. It's kind of right. like gentrification of, of uh, you know, food spot. Anyway, yeah. it's a great read, and it's an interesting look at what happens on the other side. You know, you see all the time stories of Yelp reviews and how they can just destroy bad p- press can destroy restaurants and things like that. And this is the other side of like a, you know, the best uh, award given out, and it totally ruins the restaurant too. Never thought of, you know, you you think of. And this art, and this guy that wrote this article, 
even said he thought he was doing something that was good. Yeah. And uh, he heard that they had closed down and it gnawed at him because it was, he was like, I know I had some kind of part in, you know, just taking that restaurant down. And um, it's a really interesting article about the, the two sides of, of something like that. And, you know, you read these top 100 lists and best burgers and, you know, yeah. best places to go in this city or that city. Uh, and you always think, oh, well, that's a good thing for him. You know, it's a good thing. But you never think about the fact that it could be a, a negative if it's too crazy, you know. And he's, he even said that his list got everywhere. It got millions of page views and, you know, um, it just had a it, it's such an immense impact on this restaurant that it uh, caused a negative consequence. So, right. I don't. So anyway, we're uh, we'll link up the uh, we're going to link up the article from podcast.gentleman.com. Uh, encourage you to go read it. It was pretty compelling. I, I you know it's a it's a very in depth article about the pluses and minuses of all these lists that you read online right. and the impact it actually has on the individual businesses. So the hang, you know, they totally hang the balances. It's true. The success of something, yeah, for better or worse. For better or worse, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, thanks, uh, Zombie Cat Bacon, for for posting this. Always really good articles. You know what I mean? Like yeah. always in depth, cool, yeah, interesting, thought provoking reads from Zombie Cat Bacon. So the site wouldn't be the same without it, bro. Absolutely not. Um, and then uh, finally, Glenn, we're going to talk about uh, one more thing here. And that is Satanists are suing Netflix over the chilling adventures of Sabrina. And I posted this to gentleman.com uh, as a thought-provoking piece. Um, I had a lot of emotions when I read this article. Um, and I captioned this by saying, finally, what took them so long? Right. right. Uh, finally, Satanists are suing Netflix over the chilling adventures of Sabrina. Right. Uh, which I expected to happen immediately. Sure. Because, I mean, come on. As someone who's in the know. We, well, this is an egregious, <laughs> uh, obvious right. Netflix snafu that needed to be brought to everybody's attention. And uh, basically, the temple, uh, these, the Satanist temple, alleges that the defendants, which would be Netflix... Misappropriated the TST Baphomet. <laughs> and I'm saying that right because I know. <laughs> right, yes, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, You're is, down with the vernacular. It is right. well known. Right. Uh, Horned angel guy. The, the temple alleges <laughs> that defendants you. misappropriated the TST Baphomet with children in ways implying that the monument stands for evil. Among other. Morally repugnant actions. The Sabrina series' evil antagonists engage in cannibalism and forced worship of a patriarchal deity. <clears throat> Brian, I have a question. Yes. Um, isn't, isn't the idea of Satanism kind of centered around evil? The Satan... <sighs> The, sat- the satanic temple... Like it's not as a bad thing? TST. Um, <laughs> we get tested for TST. I, you know... I, I, you're really painting with a broad brush there, Glenn. I'm just, I'm just trying to understand. I don't want to get sued by the TST. <laughs> right. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that's a no. That's a no. Uh, satanic doesn't necessarily mean evil, Glenn. Really? It just means, uh, I believe, that they uh, worship a different... Um, Satan. Yes. <laughs> a different Satan. A different. It must be different, because yeah. the, the, one, <laughs> the, one the one I'm familiar with... The one with, that you're aware of. The one on my shoulder yeah. right now. Look, I'm. I, everybody <laughs> has the ability to, um, oh. to believe in and mm-hmm. worship in their own ways. That's right. Except for Netflix, right? Who, uh, but the, the 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 crux of the situation is that they have a uh, sculpture in their series Sabrina. Yep. That 
basically is a complete ripoff of the one that the TST like has in their... It's an exact replica it's a, almost. Yes, it's, somebody got a picture of it and they rebuilt it for this television series. And um, <laughs> They probably Googled like Satan, Satanic statue, got this and just totally cribbed it. Yeah. And um, the, so uh, the TST is suing Netflix for $150 million. Yeah. Uh, I... <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, maybe that, that figure's a little bit high. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe they meet somewhere in the middle. I, I would have thought. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a negotiation, like a Let's, car buying experience. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, that car's a... This Volkswagen. $25 million. <laughs> uh, well, for all the pain and hardship, right? Yeah. They gone? Yeah, right. I'm sure they... Yeah, the, uh, they're sure. alleging that TST is evil. I'm and sure, uh, yeah, well, and I'm sure that commission they had to commission that statue, right? That's probably oh, at yeah. least two, five or ten bucks, three hundred dollars. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. So, Brian, I have two things to, to say about yeah. this. Uh, well, maybe just one. Let's just, I'll just let's go with one. Let's one. go one at a time. Let's, let's, yeah, uh, let's see where this let's goes. Let's keep it simple here. But uh, have you have you seen the pre? So I've seen the previews for the Sabrina. You're okay. Let me start this over. In the mid '90s, there was a show, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, on. Uh, yes, they were on a uh, lighthearted. Yeah, was I want to say TGIF. Okay, TGIF maybe one of the main yeah. networks. Yes, yeah, I had it because right. we didn't have cable. I lived right. in a barn. Right, we actually so, were able to watch yeah. the show. Okay, and I'm thinking, oh, this is interesting. It's and I pull up Netflix. Right, my kids are in the room. Oh boy. Pull up Netflix, I see where this is and going. it's the lead. And you know how Netflix does like the autoplay yeah. of the preview stuff. I'm like, oh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and yeah, it's like girls might like this. Then all of a sudden, there's like you know, then it gets dark real quick. <laughs> yeah, it does. And you can't pause these things, so you're like, oh, <laughs> uh, trying to like, don't look earmuffs, yeah. look away, you know. And yeah, it's it was it's a much darker take. It on the, seems pretty dark. I haven't watched it. But it does seem pretty dark. I don't remember uh, cannibalism in the original show. No, there was I don't a think talking so. cat. I but. believe, yeah, I believe uh, that's as far as as it went. Uh, then. Yeah. So maybe the TST has legit uh, legit to complaint here. I don't know. Did they sue ABC when? Uh, uh, I, I guess the statue is the relatively statue new. Is the thing. The statue is the thing. That's the that's the linchpin. It it's. Uh, that that's the thing that they're really upset about. So, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully we don't get called in to uh, to be a part of uh, any kind of testifying situation because we we have observed this and now uh, made some comments on it. So, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, wouldn't be the first time we've been called in to the stand. That's true. Do you swear to tell the whole truth? So and that's why we God. have legal beagles. That's right. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah, oh. exactly. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, we're obviously this is a story that we're going to update everybody on, right? As it develops, much like the flat earther who uh, yeah. went into space with a yeah. rocket. I'm using air quotes, a rocket yeah, ship here. Exactly. We're, we we follow up, right? Every time, right? Fifty percent of the time, we follow up every time. Every time. Uh, so anyway, Glenn. All right. Well, uh, so those are some interesting posts from gentleman.com in the last three weeks or so, two weeks or so. Um, thanks everybody for posting stuff. Uh, especially Jordan and uh, Zombie Cat Bacon, and uh, keep up the good work. Yeah, really thought provoking, educational, mm. mm-hmm. mind altering. <laughs> I have I have to go look up iconography of uh, satanic culture now to understand what the statue means. Well, I would suggest that yes, Glenn. I mean, if I'm just looking at you know the lawsuit here real quick, Buffetta. Yeah. Uh, well. Um, you know, they said that it was um, uh, the, the. Well, never mind. I don't even know. <laughs> oh, they're implying that the monument stands for uh, evil and other uh, reportedly, uh, morally repugnant actions like uh, forced worship of a patriarchal deity. That kind of kind of feels like kind of feels like what the statue's doing in like the actual statue. I I I, I think that's jumping to conclusions, Glenn. That's true. That's that's true. I need to just back. I just need to yeah, step away. You should. Yeah. Whew. All right. All right, Glenn. Well, let's uh, talk about something else now. 
sad. <laughs> sad. Let's talk about something sad now, which is the, well, which is a toast. Unfortunately, this week, which is uh, we uh, toast this week uh, to Steven Hillenburg, which you probably you may I didn't know who that was, but he's actually the creator of SpongeBob SquarePants. Yes, and uh, the creator of SpongeBob SquarePants has unfortunately passed away at the young age of 57. Mm. Um, and uh, Mr. Hellenberg uh, died after a battle with ALS, uh, known as Lou Gehrig's disease. Um, so he, he had some serious health complications later in his life. But Mr. Hellenberg uh, was cre- the creator of one of the most beloved animation characters of all time. Yeah. Uh, in SpongeBob SquarePants, he created SpongeBob and all of the characters that uh, comprise that series, which I'm a pretty big fan of. Actually, um, SpongeBob was uh, one of the only. Well, so okay, so when I was a kid, mm-hmm. um, I would you know I'd watch like Looney Tunes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But then when I became an adult, obviously you know there's not many cartoon except the ones you grew up with simpsons you know the simpsons stuff like that the ones that you grew up with you're kind of endeared to them because you you know you keep them with you and everything like that and spongebob was i didn't see it until i was an adult Mm -hmm. but it was a really well done i mean kids love it Mm -hmm. it's really innocent but it's funny and enjoyable and entertaining and it's really clever um and I'm I'm actually a pretty big fan of SpongeBob. I actually uh, I think you know when I was in college or something like that, I would um, if if SpongeBob was on, I would put that on the television and watch that for hours. And wow! Every episode is pretty pretty darn funny. <laughs> Comedic gold. And um, he he created this whole world um, that that people really loved, and uh, all that he he created and directed the first. SpongeBob movie. He wrote it. He directed it. Wow! And I think it grossed 140 million dollars, and wow. the sequel grossed over 300 million dollars. Um, so people all over the world love SpongeBob and all the characters he created. Um, so he had a really successful career in animation, and um, I didn't even know who created SpongeBob until I, I read about this. So it's anyway. It's a. It's. Uh, too bad everybody lost a, a, a really creative and intelligent uh, contributor to pop culture and kids all over the world mm-hmm. watch this show and it's fun and entertaining for them and it was fun and entertaining for me too. So I'm um, going to miss this this guy's uh, contribution to to entertainment. Yeah, that's sad. That's that's a... Uh... That's a loss, but at the same time, he, he left behind quite the legacy. So. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you create something like that that <laughs> resonates with everybody. And, yeah. uh, you know, that's a, that's a pretty pretty solid uh, contribution there. Did so. he do any of the voicings? I don't believe so. I think it's always been um, it's been a, a, other characters. But he did grow up in, in Oklahoma. Oh. And uh, got a degree in something completely other than <laughs> what he ended up doing. He went to California to do animation. And then found himself working with Nickelodeon, and then kind of parlayed that into creating his own series for Nickelodeon, and then that's where uh, SpongeBob came from. So wow. Anyway, pretty cool. Um, pretty cool story. But uh, Miss Mr. Hellenberg, a cheers and a toast to you, sir. Mm-hmm. Well done. Thank you for your uh, SpongeBob creation. Yes. Oh. Okay, Glenn. Well, that means it's time for the um, hot button topic. That was kind of in unison that time. That was really good. That's pretty, pretty good. Uh, And this week, Glenn, um, (laughs) look, it's it's sports season. We're right Mm. in the thick of it. Oh man! I mean, this is this is a brilliant time of year because we have. An overlap of football, college football season, and basketball, college basketball season at the same yes. time. Yet, there's a problem with this. Okay? And that is, much like 
Christmas ales or Oktoberfest beers. College basketball season seems to creep up earlier and earlier and earlier every year. Yes. I believe that late night activities start in late October and first games start. They start well that's I the was just last tra- couple days of October and maybe the first couple days of November. If I was days. if I was better prepared, Brian, what I wanted to do for the segment is I wanted to look back ten years and see when they started. And then another ten years and see when they started then just to get Let's a just make that up. Let's okay. just make that part no, up. That's what I normally do. Let's just say so, ten years ago it was mid mid November when yeah. basketball season started. It's early is it late October, or early November now? I think it's late October. I think it's late October. October twenty fifth exhibition. Okay. Yeah, October twenty fifth is. It looks like one is a blah blah blah. It looks like that's when the first game was this year. Mm-hmm. Now it's exhibition. Yeah, um, we don't get the meat of the schedule till the first week of November. But first Still, game in late before late Halloween. October. Week now, before Halloween. Well, first of all, I have to ask you: Are you for this or are you against this, Brian? Because I know where I stand, Brian. I'm clear. And immovable. Yes. About my yeah. viewpoint on this. All right, fine. Let's see if we let's see if we match okay. up here. Right. I couldn't be more for this, Brad. Oh, you're for it. Oh. Let me well, tell you is, why. It, okay. <laughs> Let me tell you why. Um. Now next year this won't be an issue, but for the past eight years, yes. KU has not had a very good football team. Mm. Um. Right. So. By the time you know conference play rolls around, and so if the basketball season can start in August, <laughs> it could. You could. You would be, it really does. Fine. We start paying yeah, attention real closely in August. Uh, so, barring any uh, NCAA scandals, right, or uh, winning football seasons next year, right. Um, I, I as could, soon as it can start, I'm happy good. as a clam. That's good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I'm in the mood. You know, mm-hmm. you're in the mood um, for love. I mean, <laughs> and that love is basketball. And I've been looking for love in all the wrong places. <laughs> And apparently it's basketball. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. More, okay. I mean, I why could that be bad, Brian? Well, I am against this. This is <laughs> this is a travesty. Typical. This is very... Uh, this, this is just unacceptable, as far as I'm concerned. Mm. I'm a football fan. College football fan. Fall is college football season. And the further that college basketball infringes on this, mm. the worse things are. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm hearing all kinds of stuff. Mm. Things are going crazy, haywire, you know? Politics are crazy. Right. We've got <laughs> we've got uh global warming going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything's Wild dogs fires. and cats right. living together. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all based on the fact <laughs> that basketball season's coming earlier and earlier every year. Now, that said, I'm okay with it this year. <laughs> I'm okay with it this year. Asterisk. Because my <laughs> beloved K-State Wildcats mm-hmm. are ranked number 10 in the country. Mm-hmm. And wow, so low. they're going to succeed, exceed, and succeed <laughs> that rating. And so I was very much looking forward to their, um, their debut their public debut. Now, uh, football season should have its own star. Hmm. It should have its own spotlight. Mm-hmm. And that should be from August until mid-November. Whoa. Whoa. Moving this. And then, and then basketball should take over. So you're saying right around Thanksgiving is when it should all yeah. start for, the, for Absolutely. Yeah, okay. For sure. Uh, and that's, uh, I think that, you know, if you take a scientific uh, look at the situation, I think you'll agree. Wrong. Well, uh, look, the point is, football is getting invaded by this rogue sport that no one cares about, except sometimes I do. Basketball. <laughs> Most of the time, nobody cares about Basketball. Well, I, I, I could, I, you're wrong, but, you know, I, I don't know how to tell you that, Brian. 
I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Let me ask you this, Glenn. More basketball. Let me ask you this. How are you going to feel next year? How are you going to feel next year? How are you going to feel two years from now? Well, next year, I'm going to have to figure out how to watch a bowl game. Right. And uh, you and know, at the same time, uh, you're going to be watching Big 12 basketball season. Right, right. At the exact same time. Look, it'll be hard, but I can make a sacrifice. Okay. Um, right. I feel like, you know, the both, level of both play. Sports, both sports can, can exist. In the same time period. There's a window. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I feel like there's a window. There's a little overlap. Yeah. It's tough as a K-State fan where you look forward to football season every year because, partly because you're looking forward to seeing your team succeed, Mm -hmm. Mm K-State. But then partly because you're looking forward to seeing KU flounder. The the dumpster fire that is KU football. But then what happens (laughs) that's most annoying is that it gets a month into to football season, and you're really enjoying this. You're really enjoying this this thing that's going on, which is K-State winning and KU losing. Right, yeah. And it's okay. really going great. Okay. You know, everything's going fine. So that's how that works. And then, all of a sudden, it's basketball season. Right. It's like, oh, man. Right. Then, you know. Right. Then in October, there. It's... Then, then the the whole thing gets, just gets goes, goes into shambles. Wow. You know? I don't. I don't know what to tell you, Ryan. So it's it, and it's becoming earlier and earlier. I think that there's some kind of a conspiracy that Bill Self's involved with <laughs> that is moving the basketball season further up. Well, I don't think he's involved in that conspiracy. Um, but you know, yeah, um, yeah. Well, he's not involved in any, Ryan. Right. <laughs> right. No, he's not. That's how your no. works. Uh, that's how your works. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, okay. So I. I'm firmly of the disposition that basketball seasons should be moved back. This this should be a legislative action that takes place <laughs> that ensures that basketball season is moved back to yep. mid-November mm-hmm. so that we can get through most of football season. Okay. And enjoy that. Okay. And then allow uh, the basketball season to pay, take place. I will agree to that if you can promise me that KU will go to a bowl game. I will actually have engaging football to watch. It could happen next year. It, it could happen next. It could year. happen next year. Um. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I can't guarantee it. No. But I can say it's a possibility. Every year it is. Every year it is. <laughs> and so um, we shall see. Yeah. All right. Okay, Glenn. Right. Well, I guess we'll have to agree to disagree. In. Uh, it's funny how that happens. A, a heated. A heated discussion. Man. Came close to blows there. I, I didn't know if we were going to make it through that segment without... You know, I was trying to I was trying to be nice. Right. I didn't want to really... You know what I mean? Yeah, but you really, have this you look. Know, you know. Like, you, you, this one eye twitches a little bit. Yeah. And, and I you, start to, to blink out of my... Right. Like, my eyelashes. Right, yeah. Gone, like, and I can't <laughs> control it. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. Um, it's like me, myself, and Irene. Or, yeah, exactly. And then I forget... Yeah. Everything that happens. Yeah. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, okay. Well, I think we, we found some common ground, though. We found we found a way to make it work. We did. Uh, which is to just let everything happen the way it is because we can't control any of that stuff. Although I will fight for legislation on this matter. That's what I was going to talk about, Brian. Well, the crazy thing is, is that that may be a reality. Um, if you think about the past legislation that people have tried to change. That's true. So, for example, at one point in time, there was a state legislator who was, I'm sure, pandering to his base mm. uh, near Wichita that mm-hmm. basically was trying to get a mandate passed that all uh, regent schools or the main schools in Kansas played each other in college basketball. That's right. I Remember that? about that. Yes. They've also tried to do yep. that in Missouri KU, or, yeah, Missouri and KU athletics. Mm. That's right. It's yeah. the weirdest thing. Like, it, yeah. Instead of, like, actually dealing with problems, they're like, well... I'm going to spend my time today trying to figure out how I can, you know, pass legislation to get force force basketball teams teams to play each other. Uh, you just think, just let that sink in. Force college basketball you know, teams. I was thinking that this this debate that we were having was not of that much use, but now I'm thinking maybe it is. Anything's possible. Anything's possible. So maybe I should write my uh, state legislator. Get out the pen. 
you know, say, look, we, we need a hard deadline of this thing can't start until November 15th. That's true. You know what I mean? In the state of Kansas, we should not be allowing any basketball games until November 15th. Out of respect for football. That's right. Mm, wow, interesting. Out of respect for the greatest sport in the history of mankind. Wow. Well, I will send another heartfelt uh, letter to my okay. Congress congressman? Congressman. Congressperson. Yes. Congressperson. Yeah. Imploring that basketball starts to get moved spring. up. Yeah, just year you round. Gonna, oh, you're gonna try to move it up. Year round. <laughs> I thought you were. Why gonna does say, that have to stop? <laughs> October fifteenth. No, no. Let's go August first. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. August first. Uh, I'm. All right. Well, I'm getting. I'm, I'm going a little off the rails here. This Christmas ale is. Uh, yeah, it's really sinking in. Whoa. Okay. Uh, all right, Glenn. Well, let's move on from this topic mm-hmm. because this we're not getting anywhere. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the questions from the gentleman mailbag. Okay, that's something we can all agree on. Sure, you know, and we didn't. That's why we always find we find the common ground on the right. questions from the gentleman mailbag, tearing us apart and then pulling us back together at the end. Uh, and this week, Glenn, uh, you know, it's almost Christmas time. It's it's only a month away here, and um, you know, I'm a big fan of Christmas movies, mm. big time. You know, mm-hmm. I love holiday movies. I like I like watching them every season that comes around. Not every season, but every Christmas season that comes around, I like the holiday movies. Doesn't feel like Christmas without them, right? No, it doesn't. Yeah, not to me anyway. But in my time, in my time of watching Christmas movies, I've found some ones that aren't so good. <laughs> and I was curious, what's what is the worst Christmas movie that you've ever undertaken? Like, what is it? Like, is there, is there a particular one that sticks out to you that that you just can't can't abide there is brian um my wife this is probably in 2006 or 2007 she went to go see this movie in the theater and she really liked it oh wow and here we go and so she's like hey you should watch this movie actually Ooh. i don't even think she asked me i think it was just kind of on right she's, she's like, like i was gonna watch this movie that. and i was like oh okay, okay. I'll, I'll sit down and watch yep. it with you and it's a 2005 movie called the family stone and you know it's got a really wait. I think okay. I think I kind of remember this one. It's got a really promising cast. It's got Rachel McAdams, okay, Luke Wilson. That's right. Yep. Um, okay. And then some other characters. So I can't remember. Oh, yep. um, yeah. There's some. There's other people that yep. you would recognize. Yeah, Diane Keaton. I, think I remember Luke Wilson was in yep. that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it starts out with so much promise. It's like they're fighting, and it's kind of funny, and there's yeah. like all this tension because everybody's coming home for the holidays. And yeah. It's at mom and dad's house, and you yeah. know, there's the troublemaking little sister, and mm-hmm. all this stuff. Yeah, and then there's like the whole. It's just like the whole movie is like trying to rip every heartstring out of you that you that you have, and I hate movies like that. <laughs> those are the worst movies in the world, and and Lynn likes those kind of movies, like they're just, just like real tearjerker. Yeah, kind of yeah. Things. Okay. No, thank you. Right. Not holiday movies, right? Like, yeah, that would be kind of that's not that's kind of the oh. opposite effect of what you kind of want at the holidays. And I, you know, I like Rachel McAdams. Uh, you know, I think she's a great actress. You don't have anything against her? No, no, I don't. Okay. Uh, well, I do. It's this movie. Yeah, okay. That's what I have against her. Right. Um, so anyway, Family Stone. The Family Stone. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, um, that's yeah. a good choice. It's it's kind of uh, under the radar, so it'd be, oh. it's a you know, don't do it. A little known. Um, <laughs> Christmas movie. Um, I, uh, you know, I was thinking about this, and there's a long list of candidates, which it could be. I mean, there's, there's a, I've, I've seen some bad Christmas movies, you know, in my day. Um, but I have to go with, uh, I have to go with one that's really close to my heart for being terrible. And it's a little movie called Love Actually. Oh. This is a hot button topic. Have you seen Love Actually? I've watched Love You've Actually. You've watched Love Actually. And it is one of the worst movies that has ever been made <laughs> in the entire history of mankind. <laughs> and you were just talking about try, <clears throat> attempting to pull at heartstrings and how that was a bad thing. And uh, Love Actually <sighs> is the biggest offender 
of what? trying to do something like it's that. It's mostly a comedy. There's like some we- yeah. It's 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 Brian. You just don't understand it's, British humor. It's uh, no, I understand British humor. It's um, <laughs> the uh, British people should. The, 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 that's an American film. There's no way. No, that's it's a, not. The, that's a British film. I, I have a hard time believing the British people <laughs> could stand for something like that. Representing their film uh, situation, I could see why people don't like it. Um, for sure, can you? Yeah, I can. It's uh, it's it's yeah. It's uh, I think for me, I think it's one of those movies that I don't know. I think it's goofy enough, and it was like a time period. You know, when I first saw it and. First started dating my wife, kind of deal. Like, oh, oh, this is, this gosh. Is a, but, oh, hey, boy. it's okay. We could agree to see you, Brad. Oh, boy. So you don't like so it. So this, this could have been the hot button topic. This could have. Love Actually. Love Actually. Best movie of all time. <laughs> worst movie of all time. <laughs> uh, well, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, so you're you're a fan of Love Actually, then. Yeah. yeah I do. I like it. Okay. Well, that's unfortunate. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, that, that, that. I, I, I honestly, I, I really look through the halls of of all the bad movies at Christmas time that I've ever watched, and um, um, that one really came to the forefront. Yeah, I could see. Why- I can't, I can't handle the the needlessly cheese ball. Yeah, it's stuff. cheese ball. You know what I mean? Like I can't. The sign, the the guy yeah. with the sign. Yep, the guy from. It's cheese ball. Uh, uh, Walking Dead. Walking Dead with the sign and how he loves. I uh, I can't handle that stuff, man. I can't um, do it. Well, in preparation for this this yeah. uh, mailbag, I also look research just just to you know see if there's any I'd left out. And I I googled worst Christmas movies, and there are some really really terrible ones. Okay, Brian. let's hear them. What are they? Um, I'll be home for Christmas. That one seems to consistently make the list of, of bad Christmas movies. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. I think JTT. He, yeah, he's your yeah. athletic director, K State, right? Yes, okay. exactly. GTT. Um, and so, yeah. Roger Ebert put it best, saying it features people who seem to be removed from a 50 sitcom so they can spread cliches, ancient jokes, dumb plotting, and empty cheerful, sanitized gimmicks into our world and time. <laughs> we'll even That's know. a pretty gosh, Cisco. Could- this was a biting review right there. There's one called Black Christmas, but I think it's like a horror movie. Yeah, well, Black... Okay. Let me tell you about Black, Black Christmas. Black Christmas <laughs> is a 1970s horror movie Okay, that is very good, actually. Okay. But that is talking about the 2006 the rem- remake of Black Christmas, uh, which is probably a terrible movie. It, it Yeah. Um, it looks like... Uh, yeah, it looks pretty terrible. The Nutcracker in 3D, a 2009 <laughs> Well, that version. sounds terrible. Um, the guy from Mr. Deeds is in it. Um, oh, yeah. Um, Christmas Evil, a 1980s movie. Never heard of that one. Uh, Surviving Christmas, I'm not, I, don't, I don't know. Remember that one. It's got Ben Affleck in it. Yeah. Yep. Deck the Halls with Danny DeVito. Okay. Oh, there's two pages here. Hold on. Um, Santa Claus Conquers the Martians, 1964. I've heard of that one. I haven't watched it. Jack Frost 2, Revenge of the Killer, or Mutant Killer Snowman. Well, I haven't seen that one. That one seems a little... Uh, a Christmas Story 2 with, uh, what's his name? Uh, wow. Uh, there was a sequel to The Christmas Story. Marv in uh, Home Alone. Jeez. Yeah, I don't think it's... <laughs> That's surprising. I had no idea. Anyway, there's some other ones. Uh, Santa, Santa with Muscles. Santa with Muscles is my favorite here. Okay. Hulk Hogan plays Santa Claus. Oh, wow. Sorry, you're you're gonna say Santa Claus? Oh, Santa Claus. Okay, that's a different. One. Okay, that that was different than I was expecting. Well, Jingle All the Way too. That's yeah. Uh, <laughs> Last ounce of courage. I'm not sure what that is. Santa Claus, 1959. Hmm. Um, elves. I've <laughs> elves. never. That one's it's a horror movie. I And the number one worst movie of all time, according to Pace Magazine, Silent, Silent Night, Night, Deadly Night, Part Two, Part, part Two, 1987, 1987. movie. Hmm. Um, I don't know. Anyway, there are some really terrible yeah, movies some, out there. There's, there are some, and, and, and they're probably worse than Love Actually. So they they are. Uh, Love Actually is cheese ball, and it's like a weird romantic comedy slash 
try to do all the things that make you have all the emotions all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah. I, it's not a great movie. Mm-hmm. I still like it. Um, the uh, I my honorable mention though that I've actually seen and loved when I was a kid, but now that I'm an adult, it's hard. I went and watched it again mm-hmm. a couple years ago with our girls, and I was like, "Wow, this is this is really terrible." Uh, Ernest saves Christmas. <laughs> um, man, it was awesome when I was a kid, but uh, yeah, I don't remember any of the Ernest movies. Honestly, oh, man, Ernest goes to jail is probably my favorite. Um, but yeah. Artist Saves Christmas, not so good, huh? No, no, no. What did your girls think of it? They didn't really like it either. I mean, I, uh, uh, yeah. It doesn't make any sense. It's just like, <laughs> or, yeah, it's hard to describe how bad it is, but. <laughs> Jim Varney really pulled out all the stops like for that. All uh, the Ernest movies would be. They are painful. Best. Yeah. Um, I don't know if any of them were any good. Yeah, I don't know either. I I used to think that was probably funny when I was ten years old. But uh, Jim Varney's great in uh, Beverly Hillbillies the yeah, movie. But, exactly. Uh, but after I that, believe he won a uh, Academy Award for that. He yeah, I think yeah, best supporting. Think best, uh, yeah, best. Yeah, maybe his best actor. I don't know. Best actor, best lead actor. Yeah, I think that's something like that. Um. Anyway, Glenn. Well, okay. So, all right. Ernest Saves Christmas, mm. Love Actually, and, oh gosh, what was that? Rachel McAdams movie, The Family Stone. The Family Stone. That was Three stinkers cool. to avoid. Diane Keaton. I mean, everybody in this, ca- oh, Sarah Michelle Gellar, um, if you like her. Uh, yeah, there's other people in this movie. Why, yeah. can't, why can't it be good? Yeah. It's like the mom why ends not? up dying. Like It's a, <laughs> it's just a... It's like why would I? Why is this a holiday movie? Why? why it happens around the holiday. It's mid two thousands, man. They, they kind of started getting, you know. Let's have a holiday movie that's about death. Yeah. <laughs> it's a concept. Yeah, right. uh, let's pitch it to the studio. <laughs> there, I saw. That's not the only one. Um, I saw Matthew McConaughey's uh, Ghosts of Girlfriends Past, which doesn't sound like. Christmas movie, but it's set around Christmas. It's set. It's like sounds a, like sounds like a, a take on uh, the Christmas Carol, a yes. Christmas Carol. Yes, except it's totally only having to do with love, Matthew McConaughey and, and his girls, and this ghost, <laughs> like his uncle or boss visits him, and he's like, "Hi, hi." Yeah. I'm uh, I'm a fan of Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, in. Uh, Dazed and Confused. And then everything else is like... Whoa, hang on. It's a wide brush. He was great in Tropic Thunder. <laughs> His Tugger. No. Oh. Tugger Nuts. Is that what he calls? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. The it's agent. a long time since I've seen Tropic Thunder. Anyway. Alrighty. Sorry. <laughs> I'm still stuck on this whole Love Actually thing. You know? Is it love, actually? The, the, the thing is, Brian, it's love, actually. And the cast is... I mean, seriously, you line up the cast, it's amazing. You got uh, Bilbo, right? <laughs> you got uh, the guy from uh, Harry Potter. Um, you got... <laughs> You, you you get a uh, 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 who else? Uh, there's this one guy who's in a, an episode of Lost. <laughs> Just one episode. Well, and the guy from Walking Dead. And the guy from Walking Dead. The, the guy, from, guy, Walking guy Dead. from Walking Dead. Oh, I'm helping you out here. And who's the uh, the, the 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 lady that he's trying to woo? That's his girl, his no best friend. Ever heard <laughs> no, of? No, 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 no. She's oh, in Pirates, she's... Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, I don't even know who that is. Kira Knightley. Kira Knightley. Oh, I hate Keira Knightley. Yeah, there you Jeez. go. That's probably your problem here. Oh, man. Bill Nye. Bill Nye's. Well, he's... Look. All right, there you go. Let me say... Okay. Bill is 100%. <laughs> I'm behind Bill 100%. And his character. And I'm surprised he stooped himself so low <laughs> as to be in this movie. Slummed it. But 
Um, that, and the guy from the King's Speech. Oh yeah, he's in it too. I don't know who that guy's name is. It's somebody well, everybody knows. Yep, but us. <laughs> anyway, we basically don't know any any actors' and, names. And Laura Linney. All. And Laura Linney. And Laura Linney. <laughs> yeah, she's actually in that. <laughs> I can remember her name. Ah, okay. <laughs> that guy that does that thing. He's fine. All right, yeah. yeah. Professor okay. Snape from Harry Potter. Professor uh, Snape, yeah. <laughs> Professor Snape. Yeah. All right. Uh, this is a great movie. Yeah. The casting was just... Yeah, <laughs> the, the casting. So it's oh, and the lady from... Um, she's in lots of stuff. I can't remember her name. Uh, uh, it's coming. Um... What is it? Are you making this up no, now? Or are you the, the lady from... From... Uh, what is it? Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson. She's done lots of stuff. Liam Neeson's in this movie, Brian. And Hugh Grant. There's so many people. Uh. Oh. oh my, my! And Mr. Bean, forgot about that. And Mr. Bean, Mr. Bean's in it. Well, you know, with a cast like that, oh. how could you go wrong? How could you go wrong? Laura Linney. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Anyway, <sighs> okay. Well, um, okay. Well, maybe I should revisit. Yeah, <laughs> just because of the cast. Just because of the cast. It's got that lady from that thing that she's in all the things. Uh, okay. Well, um, maybe we'll, we'll uh, revisit that, but that's uh, that means, Glenn, that uh, I'm going to have to go watch Love Actually, and that means it's time to end this podcast. Thank you for everybody for uh, listening to the podcast. If you're still listening, I'm sorry. Somewhat sorry. Um, <laughs> Uh, we will catch you in two weeks for episode number 149 I'm Brian McKinney I'm Glenn Stansbury thanks everybody for listening, good night stay warm <laughs>